I'm Tim Ard, your host, and uh, Thursday Night Saws on week 13 here from uh, Rome, Georgia tonight. We've been around uh, been around this week uh, working with the Georgia DOT in White, Georgia. Had a group of about 11 folks and working on a three-day, uh, more or less, storm sawing workshop. And we call it the, the Coach's Advanced Sawing. And we've had... Um, had some great trees to work with and set up some things for different uh, uh, storm situations this past uh, week in this training and everybody everybody had a great time with it we were we were uh, able to get through a lot of a lot of material great group and and everything uh, went very well and i've got um, got a lot uh, going on i've put on a uh, a video that uh, hopefully some of you are starting to see. Uh, I call it uh, Storm Trees, but it's uh, Keith's question. And it was a, a question that came in from uh, uh, Keith, and he uh, asked about, uh, you know, what to do with trees that are over structures or up on, hanging on structures, leaning on structures, uh, whether it be a car or whether it be a house or an air conditioner or whatever it might be, how can you protect that uh, underneath it? And I had uh, had some great input from um, uh, uh, Robert Albritton with uh, TreeWorks Unlimited, also with uh, David Breeden from Arbor Pro, and some good discussion with uh, Jeremy Osteen from Georgia Tree Masters, and it went uh, went very very well. And so we uh, we talked about some different things on that video. It's about 20 25 minutes long or so. And I think if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on the At Forest Apps YouTube channel, and it's uh, pretty pretty interesting their concepts of approaching the situations of uh, lifting and rigging and and trying to get uh, everything back over uh, off of the objects and so it went went very very well so anyway uh, that was a that was something that I worked on for for several days to kind of answer Keith's questions and uh, hopefully he was able to get the answers to things that that he wanted with that so it worked uh, worked out pretty good Next week, uh, Monday, we, we head out um, um, to uh, South Carolina. We're going to be in Clemson on Tuesday. And then we go from Clemson to Eastover, South Carolina, and then on to uh, Georgetown, down closer to the coast. And we have three demonstrations to do, training demonstrations to do with the uh, the South Carolina ILTAP program. They call it the T-squared program. It's put on by the Department of Transportation and uh, it's organized by Clemson University's ILTAP program. And we uh, always have a great time over there with those guys and they, they fill up the classes and it's more or less, uh, you know, kind of a, a demonstration, kind of listening and watching me, but uh, it's not hands-on except for my, my hands but it's uh, something that everybody seems to enjoy. So we hope that um, that we'll be able to see uh, some full classes again, uh, again this week. So if you have any questions tonight, please feel free to, to uh, list them and uh, just uh, go on the chat here and let me know what your questions are as we go through some things tonight. Um, 
we finish up any questions that you might have about the, the, the storm sawing that we had on working from the butt to the top, taking off limbs, bucking up things as you go. And then also um, looking at uh, uh, taking and, and uh, talking through anything about working from the top to the butt as far as, as I mentioned, you know, taking things off of different uh, uh, structures or whatever it might be if you've watched that video. And then um, the other one is that I've got uh, Jeremy Osteen. He, uh, after we talked the other night, he, he uh, uh, called me and we were talking about some things that he had not experienced before. He was, I think one of them was, was uh, up somewhere around Memphis and then uh, the other one was uh, somewhere around North Georgia. And we, um, we chatted for a while about uh, some, some differences in fiber that he found, uh, you know, in, in those trees. And so he's going to be checking on with us here in a few minutes and, and uh, kind of discussing those things. But it's, uh, it's something that, you know, as we, we have all of these storms and situations that's that uh, has come about here over the past few weeks. Uh, a lot of them in, in middle Georgia, uh, Griffin area and on over in Lafayette and, and uh, West Point, Georgia and Lafayette, Alabama. Um, then uh, tornadoes that hit over in Mississippi that just devastated a lot of, a lot of communities over there and lives. And it's, uh, you know, something that uh, different areas have to deal with all the time. And, and people get out and have to pick up chainsaws that maybe they haven't used in a long time or taking in, um, you know, having to go buy something new and, and trying to get those things out there and, and working with them. And so it's, it's so important that we, we think through the process of, uh, of planning when it comes to chainsaws. You know, so many people think about chainsaws being a dangerous tool and everybody's always, uh, you know, kind of questioned about uh, what kind of experience they have with it. What I've found over the years is a lot of it has to do with the materials that you're cutting. So as we start to, uh, to think about the chainsaw, there's some basic things to go through there, but then also to think about, uh, you know, what are, what are some of those uh, planning processes that need to happen? I see Jeremy kind of checking on here. I'm going to kind of put him on and, and, uh, Hey Jeremy, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. I can. Oh, great, great. I just went through what we're going to be doing here the next few days and discussing a little bit about the video that we put together a few days ago and um, told them about you and, and uh, you know, Georgia, uh, Tree Masters. And, and so uh, you had some issues, I guess, with some different fibers that you were asking about the other day. And so I've even got the pictures that you sent to me and kind of discuss a little bit about... Uh, what happened? I think one of them you said was up in Tennessee, those those poplars or whatever, and then the others yeah. were in North Georgia. Yeah. Yes, sir. So what 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 happened on those? Maybe we have some some different uh, answers coming in from different people. We we'll kind of take a look at them and 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 see what the what the thing is. I've got the I've got. To, hopefully, you'll be able to to see these on on screen too. But um, I've got the screen share set up here. We'll take a look and see. I think the the first one that you you sent to me was uh, was this one. 
Yes, and sir, that that's it. A poplar that you had there. Well, tell me, tell us a little bit about what what you got into there. You said you had never seen it really that way before. Did I lose you? I think you just left again. Hey, Glenn Moore, how are you? See you checking on there. I had Jeremy Osteen on here. Hopefully he's going to be back in just a second. We were about to start discussing some stumps that he had had some issues with. Let's see how that, uh, how that goes. He's probably got to log back in again. What's been happening, Glenn, up in your area? you have any questions tonight, uh, I don't know, I was talking about a little bit earlier, if you've seen any of the, the videos that are posted here in the past couple of days, it's, uh, there he is, he's back again. What happened? Lost you there for a minute. I don't have a clue, but I lost, I don't know, it <laughs> kicked me off. Um, so you were asking me, um, you know, to explain a little bit about, you know, like what happened up in Memphis. So these trees were in Memphis. And um, they were in a swamp area. Um, this week has been the weirdest week. Of but anyway, he was uh, he was telling me on these, and you can see hopefully one of the pictures that uh, are there. He um, he had a couple poplar trees, kind of a wet area. And he can kind of explain it here better if we can get him back online. But uh, he had some issues with control. And looking at the uh, there he is again. I'm sorry, Tim. I don't know what's going on, but that must be some short sale service there or something. Yes, sir. Well, I, I think I think I got you now. All right. So yeah, tell us like what I, happened. Yeah, but like I was saying there, you know, like in Memphis this week and you know, here in North Georgia, you know, I've had a couple of things that's happened this week that I've never seen happen before, you know, in my time in tree work. Um, like I said, I feel like I know the proper way to be trained. I've been trained, you know, I feel like by the best two people that you can be trained by to cut a tree down and, you know, one being yourself and one being David Breeden. And um, this week I learned that, um, you know, just because you have the proper plan don't mean that the trees will go exactly where you want. And, mm -hmm. and the reason I say that is because, the, the different species of the tree when you read a tree's lean it's hard to it's hard to know right there in that picture that when you cut into that tree it's hard to know that that tree is not going to have any hinge if you guys can look there really the only hinge on that tree that was holding anything is 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 those long fibers right there the mm -hmm. rest of that hinge is basically nothing it didn't i mean it's i mean you could stick your hands in it and and, and it was it felt gushy like it felt it felt soft mm -hmm. and i think it's because it was you know like when we talked with you they grew in a swamp and um you know i think they grew too fast now you know going forward if i'm cutting trees in a swamp you know area like that i'm going to be very concerned about how I can control the trees, you know, obviously if there's a straight up tree, I mean, if the tree was straight, then, you know, you can take the tree where you want to go. But if tree has lean, it'd be, it's hard to trust these trees right here in Memphis where I got, and I probably got about 20 more that's in the swamp and 90% of them are leaning toward the power line. 
So mm-hmm. what we're going to have to do is, I mean, they're healthy trees. What we're going to have to do is, though, because the fibers are so weak on them, we're going to have to climb them. I mean, it's just we're not going to be able to fell them because I don't want to take the risk in felling them. I'm going to have to go up and, you know, piece them out. All right. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the planting process there. So you've got you've got a power line that's within the reach of the height, right? Or the trees yes, can reach sir. the power line. And it's more or less right away. So you're, you're going down through there. You have you have somewhat of an angle. I don't know what kind of distance you have from the power line, but evidently they want them out because they're too close. They could hit the power line in a storm situation. So now you're, you're taking a look at the tree itself. So this particular one, if you can recall it, what, um, what, what kind of side lean did it have? In other words, if you're going to try to go, let's say a, a 25 or 30 degree angle. So the top will miss the power line. If you choose that to be your, your location for placement, what kind of side lean did it have to that position? I'd say this tree right here, Tim had about um, ten foot, eight to ten foot of side lean to the left. Okay, so he's leaning towards the power line. Yes. And so, and you have a tree line there. So you, you know what I'm saying? Twenty five or thirty degrees. You got a tree in front of it somewhat, and then yeah. you've got. Uh, but it's you, hopefully it's already out of the clearing because you're probably already taken some of them out. And then, and then you're trying to keep the top off of the power line. Okay. Yes, so sir. You're eight to ten foot worth of uh, worth of side lane. And what's the diameter on this tree? I'd say this tree right here, Tim, is about thirty inches in diameter. Okay. All right. What's what? What was the forward or back lean on it? Was it? It was, was leaning. It... it was leaning. I would have never taken the tree if it was leaning back because we all know, <laughs> we all know, back and side lean do not go together. Um. Right. So this tree was leaning forward, I'd say 10 foot, 15 foot also. Oh, that far forward. Yes, sir. You, you've got, you've got several trees there in a row. That's got eight or 10 foot of side lean and 10 or 12, 15 foot forward. Not all of them are forward, but this tree right here that you showing me a picture of did. And yeah. it was, uh, then that's why, that's why I was so certain, you know, about taking it. And, um, you know, and what happened with this tree is obviously we, we did not hit the power lines. We missed the power lines, but it did not. I missed, I missed my mark about, about by 15 foot. Mm-hmm. I probably had about 40 foot of margin, maybe, but I missed where I wanted to hit about 15 foot. And I don't okay, like, so- I don't, I don't like, yeah, it, you know, when I seen that and where I missed my mark, that's what made me go look at this hinge. It made me inspect what was going on yeah so if you if you sight you know let's say half the distance from the power line over to your other tree line which i don't know how many feet that was but uh, how tall do you think this tree was total foot it was probably 100 110 foot it was a big tall popper tree big they're all tall these trees that we're dealing with on this um right away Mm -hmm. every single one of them are very tall most of them are not this big most of them um, are skinny and tall. Yeah. So uh, when you when you started to cite this and you picked the opening that you wanted to go into, did did you shoot twelve feet to the right of that? I did. Yes, sir. I shot. I shot actually more because I had I wasn't worried about the trees over there to the left of where I was shooting of. So mm-hmm. so the power lines are to the right. So okay. okay. So this tree's leaning to the right, and that's the reason why the fiber is pulled out here to the right. Yes, sir. Okay. 
Um, so we're yeah, and so the and so we were aiming. I'd say the mark that I was aiming at was probably twenty or so foot. You know, there's fifteen foot of saline. I went past that mark. You know, five foot or so because mm -hmm. of like I said, we're clearing the. You know, most of the trees that we were going to even touch in the in first place were going anyway. Okay. And so I did the, have to take, I did have to take a couple of trees before I even took this one. Did you calculate that the side lean was more or less when you offset it to where you cut the face notch? Or did you, did you just, you know, you had your side lean that you figured from where you wanted it to go looking at, I'm sure you didn't go out there too. You're probably looking from the back. And so you, you're looking at where you want it to go. And then you say, okay, I've got to aim this over to the right over to the left to be able to clear the the power line you think that might have changed your lean because you know if, if you I, got a tree if you got a tree that's leaning 15 foot forward you got one that's uh 10 or 11 foot to the right side uh as you turn it back to the left is it going to make it less lean or more lean well you're exactly right tim and when i got out there and i i checked from both spots so i put you know, we usually on a tree like this, like I put some sticks out just so that we have something to aim at. Yeah. Okay. Um, because when you're out there with so many trees, what I've learned is that, you know, it's, it's hard to pick a tree to aim at because sometimes you, you forget what tree it is when there's so many. So yeah. typically what I try to do is stick a stick up in the ground, a pretty long stick that I know is that, you know, it doesn't look right in the woods. So, you know, that's the mm -hmm. stick you're aiming at. Yeah. So I had one in the middle of where where the tree where i first took my initial leans from and then i went 15 foot about 20 foot to the right 20 foot to the right or standing from you know in front of the tree yeah, yeah. 20 foot to the right and um i stuck another stick and that's where i aimed um okay. did i take my leans from that second spot i don't think i did um, okay, that's, that's something to think about because you know a hinge is very strong forward to back but it's very weak side to side yes sir. so you know and you got looking at the stump you you got a good you know 85 90 percent of the diameter as far as the width of it goes so you know you did everything right there but it could be that you know because of um when you change the direction that even made it more more leans according to the shape of the crown and the only person that can say that is the person that's taking the information and then if you you know if you've got eight or ten feet on that first one whether it be big or little and it doesn't hold that tells you real quick that you've got some fiber issues and uh, and then this is uh john m asked is a big tooth or quaking aspen and it's is actually a yellow poplar right as we call it down south was that right yellow yes, poplar. Sir, that's what it was yeah and you were up near memphis tennessee so it wouldn't be anything in a quaking aspen or a big tooth and john was asking about that just for his his reference so here if we if we if we now look at at the fiber um when we look at the rings when i look at the pictures up close it was pretty fast growing and in the wet area and like you say all of this hinge was pretty much doty wasn't it it was you, yes sir very yes you could stick something into it so when you when you put a face notch in that that's one time to take a look to see you know if it's spongy or not i run into that a lot with pine trees oak trees about anything that's that's either uh, you know past their prime or in a wet area 
uh, starts to pick up root rot, that kinds of stuff. And so, you know, you, that's about the only identifier that you have. I mean, if you've got a situation, you could sound the tree on the outside sometimes and know whether you've got some spongy areas there. But really, the only thing you can do if you if you, when you start that face notch cut and it, it starts to feel like, you know, just uh, mush, then that lets you know real quick. So that's that's about the first indicator there. And then sometimes, you know, you can put the face notch back in a little bit more, uh, you know, and be able to bypass that. But uh, it looks like you had a pretty perfect stump there. It's just it was, you know, you know, 10, 11 foot of sideline. Uh, was is just too much for that particular hinge you know the weight of the tree and but with that much forward lean you know it it, it should have pretty much steered where you wanted to but you're off target you missed you missed the danger there right yes sir yes yeah. sir nothing got you know nothing happened or anything like that and you know if the tree would have been any closer than where you know where it needed to go i wouldn't have i would have just climbed the tree but i knew that i had some I knew I had a lot of margin for error, but what I didn't, I still was trying to hit a target. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I always try to do. You know, you try to get as close as you can to where you want it to go. That's the whole aspect of having directional felling, isn't it? Let's look at this, this, this second one here. Now this one, this one was, was smaller, wasn't it? It was, uh, let's see if I can get this to come up. It was also poplar but it was a, a smaller one. And what was the, what was the diameter on this one? This tree right here is probably 10 inches to 12 inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. And this but it had the same had, issue, huh? It had the same exact issue. It had, it, it was pretty tall tree. Didn't weigh very much. We put a rope in it. Um, and that's why you see, we just notched it. You can barely tell which way the notch is at, but if you're looking at this picture right now, the notch is on the front side, so the right side, that is our notch. This this side's a notch? Can you see my arrow? Yes, yes. Okay. That that side's a notch. This and it was leaning side. to the power line to the right. It was still. leaning toward the power line, but this time, this tree, we took this tree the opposite way of that other tree, so this tree has, it's leaning to the right. So the other tree, you know, well, if you're looking at it from the front, it's leaning to the right. When you're looking at the tree, the other tree is leaning to the left. Mm -hmm. So this tree right here is leaning to the right. But like I said, didn't weigh very much. Um, we put a notch in it. We had a line in it. I mean, we had the tree pulled over a pretty good bit before we even cut it. We just cut it from the back. And that's why that hinge right there is so fat because mm -hmm. it, I had a pretty good bit of pressure on it with the skid steer. And this one went where the face notch was notched. It did. It went, it yeah. went good. This tree probably went, this tree went exactly like how I would have thought it would have went. Yeah. It, well, did you, know, you cut it, this one after that big one? Yes, sir. I did. Yeah. So you, you kind of said, well, we're going to do a line on this one because the other one didn't go exactly where it wanted it to go. I've done yes, that sir. before. And it, but we got, We've got a hinge over here that's really thick, and that this is on the power line side. No, you yes. said this, this. This is on so, you know, you're very thick on the power line side. So the tree was was leaning to this right side. Yes, sir. Okay, all right, but it was leaning back a little bit on this one, huh? 
No, I know. There was no back lean. There was nothing. Okay, like so that. you put a line in it just for safety, you said. We put a line in it just – I just put a line. I tried to – I had a line in the other one too. Yeah. Um. So I, on both of the – everything I do around power lines, if any – if it can hit a house or if it's in reach yeah. or anything yeah. like that, I well, a lot always, of the con, a lot of the contracts are that way with the BMCs and power companies. Is they you know they request all the contractors have a line and everything is you know. But what I will say is what I don't use a line for is you have a lot of guys out there that put a line in a tree, and they're using it. You know they think that they need to put all the pressure they can on that line, and that's not what I use it for. I basically once the tree is cut. Um, and you know, like a you know a big tree situation, I never try to maneuver a tree with a with with a line because of that 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 doesn't work. Um, if you try to force a tree over, if you're trying to you know if it's a smaller tree like in this case right here, like you can muscle it over. Um, but a big tree like I was cutting before with the size skid steer and stuff that we have, you cannot muscle that tree over as much pressure as you think you're putting on that tree. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do any more than if you had a if you had a wedge in it. Right. Um, All the rope's going to do. It's not going. It's going as soon as it starts to move. It's loose anyway. Right. It's gone. Now a tree like this one in this picture, I can completely change the lean. I can change everything before the tree even goes down, uh-huh. um, because it's so small. When I put a rope in it, um, I can completely move that tree in any way I want. Yeah. Yeah. John N has here, and he's—I think he does some uh, right away work up in the in the northeast. Anyway, if I remember correctly, but if we if we look at this, this is a, a question that that he had. I don't know if it comes up there. He says, "On trees like this, what do you think about aiming to the lay with the notch and pulling with the rope 180 degrees of the lean to support the hinge and bring the tree over center? Then, as it falls, I guess the hinge directs it toward the lay. So basically, he's saying run the line out 180 degrees to the side." I couldn't agree with him more. If you can take a tree 180 degrees from where it's leaning, then mm-hmm. you're going to hundred percent at every time going to take it exactly where you want. But yeah. in this case, you could not do that because of where we're taking these trees. So 180 degrees from both of these trees would have been straight up in the wood line. Yeah. You'd and be the in the woods. Wouldn't you? You'd be in the woods and we got to keep it within the right of way. And, and even, and I would take it in the, in the woods if I could and pull it out. But what you got to think of then, if you're, if I'm taking 180 degrees, it's going to get hung up. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in a worse situation than what I am in the first place. Yeah. But John's in Indiana. He's, that's where he's from. He just sent me a message. So, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty common how most, most people think about it. And really, like I say, with a lot of the power company stuff I work with, that's one thing they have in most of the contracts is a, a line should be in the trees, you know, that, uh, you know, for sure you, you need the control of it. So that's, that's pretty good. But, you know, uh, you think how many of the other stumps did you cut there that was doty like that? Every single stump that I cut was like that in that area. Uh huh every one of them Hmm. and so now i know when i go i'm going back there in um two weeks 
And so I just know when I go there now that it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a lot of climbing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing that, that I have heard people use in the past is either an increment bore, which is a fairly inexpensive tool to get. And you can kind of see what you have without putting a face notch in it. Cause you start putting face notches in then I don't know whether it's too safe to climb at that point, but uh, you're not taking that much structure away, but it's according to the, the fiber that you have there. The other thing is a, a vertical bore cut, you know, just where right behind uh, the hinge material or to the front that you're going to take your, your face notch out of more vertical face notch kind of, and, and bore through vertically and, and see what the, what the fiber is. And, uh, you know, I don't know, every tree in the area might be the same way. And many times that's the truth. Cause I, I see that in, in, in different training areas that I am, uh, you know, where they've given me a group of trees to use and all 10 or 12 trees in that little group will be the same way, really, whether it's cherry trees with the center out or it's a burned area that's got damage on the trees or, you know, and then you get in some areas where you might have a couple dead ones, but uh, in some cases it's a, because of beetles and stuff, it's a whole, whole area of dead ones. So you, you start trying to figure out the fiber but i see that quite often with pine trees also jeremy in wet areas almost exactly the same thing so that's uh, something to kind of kind of think through but uh the other one that you that you you talked to me about and these are these are very interesting this i think people might find to be a pretty pretty interesting uh, story and uh let me see if i can get that that picture up um and these were these were oak trees, right? Or sweet? What was it? Sweet gum or oak trees? No, they were oaks. Yes, sir. oaks. Yeah. Let me see if I can get this. I don't know which which picture you want to talk about first, but uh, this is this is the the dead one that you you took down, right? Yes, sir. No, no, and no, sir. No, sir. It's, that's that the one not- that fell. Okay, yes, sir. That's the one that looked completely alive. Let me look over here. So this is this is the stump. Yeah, so that's the that's the dead tree that I took down. Yes, sir. So you had customer call you and wanted to take the dead tree down, and uh, on the other picture you could see the there was one limb or whatever that was either growing over into it or adjacent to it. There was two limbs, and and if you look back on that other picture, you can see where I cut those two limbs. So right, right here was. So if you the two zoom limbs. in, can you zoom in on that, Tim? I don't think so. Let me see. Okay, here. well, I might be able to. Let me see. No, I don't. I don't think it will. Well, I think the guys can see it. I mean, the, right there, you see about ten foot up the tree. Um, there's a cut. And there's another cut about 15 foot up the tree of where uh-huh. this dead tree was connected to what to what looked like completely a live tree. I mean, there was not a dead limb in this tree. And um, when I went and quoted this job, I mean, I didn't get within 10 foot of this tree because of Tim. There were bri- there were eight foot briars that I had to run over for 10 minutes or so to get to these trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the tree, the whole, the whole concept of me being out there was to get the dead tree down because of, he said he didn't want his kids out there walking or whatever in the tree fall. 
And uh, but he also wanted to save this tree that y'all see right now laying down. So this is a tree that we were trying to save. And I was like, yes, sir. I was like, we can do that. I do see that it's connecting a couple different points. I'm going to go up. I'm going to um, make cuts on those and uh, disconnect it from that tree. And I'm going to fail the dead tree. I mean, we're out in, we're out in the woods. I mean, there's no hazard. I mean, other than the tree itself, mm-hmm. but there's no house close by. There's nothing close by to any one of these trees. And so you got the dead one out of the way and y'all cleaned up everything and it was supposed to be cleaned up and then you headed back out and then you got a call. I got a call about six and a half hours later. And, and, um, look- the, and the guy called me and he said, are y'all still here? And I said, I said, no, sir, I'm not. And uh, I said, we left about 1145. And so it was about 630 or so when I got the phone call. And uh, I said, no, sir, we left about 1145. He said, well, that tree that was connected to the dead tree just fell. Hmm. And so that that this is the root ball. <laughs> it basically was right up next to the dead tree. But uh, evidently, some of those limbs or whatever was helping to support it, and the, and the root system, total root rot here, and it just it just decided to let go. Natural process. Yeah, it was a real eye opener for me, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's like one of those things where you know you go and look at many trees every. You know, I go and look at, let's say, ten or twelve jobs a week. You know, myself, and you look at a tree, and you're like, that tree's. I mean. I would have climbed that tree all day long. I mean, that tree just to me looked in perfect health. I mean, there was nothing now that you see the root ball, you're like, Oh yeah, it had root rot. But looking at that tree standing in the location that it was in, um, not saying somebody else maybe wouldn't have saw something that I didn't see, but it would have been very easily to miss because like I said, that tree right there had not one dead limb in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a beautiful tree. And um, that's why the homeowner was wanting to keep it. He was like, I don't want to lose that tree. And um, so it was definitely an eye-opener for me. And y'all can see the tin that is around the base of those trees. So there was, um, as Tim taught me this week, you know, when I talked with Tim, I was asking, you know, why is there tin around the base of the tree? And um, there was an old fence line that was around there. And um, Tim says he's thinking there was probably goats or something like that, you know, that stayed in within that fence line. And um, they didn't want the goats messing the trees up. Is that yeah. correct, Tim? Yeah. A lot of times, you know, cattle in there, or horses or goats or pigs or whatever, back a few years ago, then they'd, they'd put up a small pen on an old home place and, and you'd see the animals in there and they, they put tin up to kind of keep them from biting and pulling the bark off the trees and stuff. But in this case right here, it'd been a while back, probably the tin's still there holding water. And so that, that started to rot probably around the stumps of both of those. And one of them gave up cause it, it was probably, uh, you know, maybe too dry on one side and the other one rot- rotted the roots out because it was too wet. Never can tell, but. But yeah, you know, it's something to where, you know, sounding a tree again or increment bore or vertical bores or whatever, but you wouldn't think about doing that necessarily unless there was a question of taking the tree out in that case. But um, yeah, you could use an increment bore though in the uh, low down and, and pretty much find out what kind of fiber you had in the roots. 
and uh, you know sir there are some other tools that that can be used but um yeah you know where it gets questionable though is is when you've got structures around whether it's a fence line or a house or you know uh, those kinds of things so it's it's tough it's tough to you got to make the decision out there but you know and and you know like like soren always used to say that experience is the best teacher you can get and so after the more time that you see different things like this you'll never forget it next time you're up there next week on that power line you're going you're going to think about you know what kind of fiber you have there in the hinge and how much side weight you can overcome and then you know you get trees around residents and stuff like that you start to think about you know what what kind of roots are they and so many times you got people that um you know maybe those those trees on that right away should have been marked and taken out last year or the year before you know what i mean and that's where that's where maintenance but most of the time when when a power company or or a landowner would get ready for somebody, you know, it's, it's usually that rascal's really dead or it's about ready to fall. And then they want you to come in and take it out. And so that's the thing of maintenance. And it's, it's part of the process we have to do in educating people, you know, about, about trees, you know, and I, I go through that discussion quite often that, that people, you know, with, with wooded areas, you know, and they think about, you know, why are you cutting down these trees? Well, sometimes it goes for lumber. Sometimes it goes for different things or a site's going to be improved or, or, you know, buildings are coming in for some kind of expansion. But, you know, if you've got a forest with a bunch of deadwood in it, you've got a lot of carbon footprint there, you know, actually probably more than, than, uh, than it can put out, you know, as far as clean oxygen. So you, you've got to think through the process of maintaining those things. I go in a lot of park areas and things. I had a, I had a pine tree down in south of Atlanta uh, about a year and a half ago that was in a park with a walking trail around it. And I went up there. They had it marked to come out for the training program. It was dead. I go over there and, and just kind of touch it, and the doggone thing wiggled. I mean, this thing was a 30-inch tree that's probably uh, somewhere around 55, 60 feet tall. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was sitting there right beside the, the trail. And I mean, I, I literally could have pushed it over if I'd have tried. And so when you, when you got those kind of areas, you know, and you, you start to see those kind of root systems, it's, it's important that they, uh, that they be taken care of. Yeah. Some of them, you know, are still stable enough to climb. Sometimes you can swing off of something else, but they need to come out and hopefully before they get to that position, huh? That'd be much better, wouldn't it? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, this tree that we took down there and you see in the other picture, I mean, it was, it should have been gone. I mean, many years ago. Mm -hmm. It's good firewood now. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, that's great. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate your questions on this stuff and I, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to kind of talk through it all because hopefully it helps somebody else out there. If you, if you put that face notch in there or you start looking around the stump and you see that things are, are looking a little ragged, you want to make sure that you, you have a line or you have a, a plan to be able to make sure it'll go in the right position. And uh, it doesn't make any difference whether you're out there every day with it or you only do one a year or something. It's the same situation, isn't it? That planning process is what, what gives you the ability and you go back and, and that's what you did. You, you evaluated your plan. It didn't go exactly right. You came back and looked at the stump and looked at the fiber and you determined hey, next time I'm going to do it this way. Right. Yes, sir. That's, that's the, biggest, 
the biggest takeaway what I've got from this week is um, and what I've always done as a climber, what I've done as taking trees down. If you do something and it doesn't go right, if it doesn't go exactly like you wanted, don't stop there and be like, oh, that, you know, that was just a weird tree. Really dive in and um, ask people that, you know, ask around, tell other tree companies, you know, don't be embarrassed, reach out, find an answer. Because if you don't know why it did what it did and you still do this, then I, I, I don't think I would do this because it's too, it's too dangerous. And um, mm-hmm. me not knowing why what something happens when it goes wrong, that's what keeps me going. Um, that's what, they, you know, me knowing, asking, having you to ask, having David to ask um, mm-hmm. in these type of situations. And, you know, other tree companies that, you know, have seen the same problem or seen, the, you know, another event happen, reach out to people. It's not an, it's not anything embarrassing that happened. It's, it's that you're trying to educate yourself because of when you educate yourself in these situations, the next time you see it, you, you might have a different plan and you should share, have share the information. Yeah. I, I tell that story quite often. Is it uh, a lot of the towns and stuff that I work with say, well, we had a close call. We want to do some training, you know, and, and a kind of little refresher with the guys. And we had an incident. I want to tell you about that, you know, and, and they say, well, nobody got hurt. So we went ahead, we cleaned it all up, but the tree didn't go right. You know? So, you know, the whole thing is once you have a plan, if you have a plan and everybody's kind of planning the same way, you're able to end up with somewhat the same results. Then if something doesn't go right, you go back and reevaluate, see what worked and what didn't work on your plan. And if it doesn't, then you know what not to do. If you if you check it and everything works right, you become, you know, pretty good with it. So that that's where it all um uh, where it all comes together, having a plan and then whether it works or whether it doesn't work, come back and reevaluate that plan. And that's, that's the key. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tim. Well, man, I appreciate you and uh, hope to see you in a few weeks on a big tree. Yes, sir. Sounds good. I look forward to getting out there. All right. We'll talk to you later. Have a great weekend, Jeremy. Yes, sir. You too. Thanks, Tim. See you. Well, that's quite, quite, quite interesting. You know, it's something that um, you start to to think about. You get into different situations, no matter how much you do. And it's so important that we uh, we take those plans and we evaluate them so we can make sure that we um, can do it better the next time. More efficient, more safe, uh, better production. And uh, hopefully people are a little bit more happy with how how the uh, the end up ending is so that's uh, that's an important thing to look at well i appreciate all of y'all dropping by tonight if you have any questions uh please please leave them in the comments on the youtube site or on the facebook site i've got this uh, kind of simulcasting to uh, facebook as well as uh, youtube and uh you know, if you've got different questions, we'll be glad to take a look at those. Or if you've got a situation like Jeremy's there that you want to share with some other people, I've got this set up now that we can uh, bring people online. I'm going to put this on YouTube or it's on YouTube and Facebook. And then uh, it's also going to be uh, put on our audio podcast. A lot of people listen to different audio podcasts while they're working. And so hopefully that gives you the uh, ability to kind of review these things.
But uh, if you haven't already, please check out our YouTube site. I think I've got over 500 videos now of different situations out there with felling trees, bucking, limbing. I try to put one on at least every week about uh, our journey and travels and training and stuff that we do. Like I say, this next week we'll be in South Carolina. Tomorrow I'm probably going to post a, a video from uh, this week's training. We had some uh, couple unique situations there. And so I, I, hopefully it helps you to be able to to look at different things and and uh, formulate your plans and maybe gain some experience against what a tree might do when you when you get ready to work with it. So I appreciate all you guys. And if I can answer any questions, like I said, let me know. You can send it to info at forestapps.com or put it in the comments on these lives. And we will uh, talk to you next Thursday, if not before. And I appreciate you coming by. See ya. Hey, good sawing to you.